Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Adam Hausen. I'm joined by my partner, Miguel Flores. Uh, follow me on Twitter if you guys haven't already at NBA House. Uh, follow Miguel at the underscore M Flores. We've had a wild last week, week and a half here of, uh, of the NBA with the hiatus going on. Uh, it seems like, you know, a few weeks ago, Miguel and I were just kind of joking and laughing about there never being a bad time to to start an NBA podcast with him and I starting one about 60, 55, 60 games into the season. Um, and then this happens. Um, so I actually recorded a, a, um, a four minute podcast outlining um, what's kind of happened since uh, the season's been suspended. And just kind of like a little bit of a timeline for you guys who haven't been keeping up with it. Um, but since then, uh, the biggest news that's happened is that four Nets tested positive four Brooklyn Nets players tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, one of those was Kevin Durant. Uh, one was symptomatic. The other three were asymptomatic. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder players were tested on Wednesday. And none of them, all, all of their tests came back negative. So that was some good news. Um, but Miguel, I'll, uh, I'll kind of leave it to you now to take it from here. I mean, what has kind of been your reaction to this whole thing? And, and where do you kind of maybe see this thing going? It's just been brutal, man. I mean, it's been hard. It's been tough. It's been boring, <laughs> you know, just hanging in your houses, you know, for the past week or so. And um, you, we're you're so used to like when we're just lounging around in our house, it's like, all right, we can't wait for the games to start tonight, whether it's baseball or basketball, you know, Zion, Luca, Clips, Lakers, uh, see the bulls get throttled for like the millionth time this season but you start watching um and and you have stuff to look forward to right now we have nothing to look forward to and and the soonest the absolute soonest if everything falls in line and we have a perfect scenario the soonest we can see nba action going up again is the middle of may and that is just such a long time to wait um, just the ramifications. There's so many questions. There's so many scenarios to dive into, Adam. Um, and that's why we decided to do this, this, this episode, you know, because you and I both talked about it. Like, should we do an episode? Do we wait till the season resumes? Like, what, what are we going to do? Um, but us, I think it's... I think the people need us. <laughs> exactly. You need any sort of entertainment right now that you can get. And I think just there's so much to dive into, like I was saying. I mean, what what does the league do? Do we, if we start up again, do we go right into the playoffs? Do we finish up the 17 games left for all the teams that probably weren't going to make the playoffs, but we're, you know, hoping for that revenue because that does make an impact on the league and the individual teams. Um, a lot of the young players, even like teams chasing for the eight seed, you got the Pelicans and the Blazers and the Kings 
on the heels of the Grizzlies by like three and a half games. There was still, I mean, it was a long shot, but they still had an opportunity to get into the playoffs for those young teams. And if you're just going into the playoffs, you kind of nix that opportunity for them. Uh, same thing. Be, if I could jump inside. If that, yeah, go ahead. Be an interesting, if they choose to kind of suspend the regular season, just start the playoffs. I mean, that would kind of be interesting. I was looking though, and, and to add to your point, so the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference is separated. The eighth seed to the ninth seed is a five and a half game lead. Um, yeah. Or excuse me, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the East is five and a half games, and then the West is three and a half games. So that I mean, that's reason. It's more reasonable striking distance for the Western Conference teams uh, than the East, obviously at three and a half over sixteen to eighteen games, roughly. Yep. But I, I, I think we might see a situation where they, where they just go straight into the playoffs. Yeah, and, and that's the crazy part because if you go straight into the playoffs, you're going to see some really bad basketball to, yeah. in that first round. You know, typically you and I, when you hit the playoffs, you're seeing everyone's best go go toe-to-toe, right. and that is going to be the complete opposite of what we see. So I think that those are questions the owners and teams and coaches and Adam Silver have got to deal with and have to map out. And then another situation they got to deal with, Adam, is – when is the last possible date that they need to start playing basketball before they seriously consider just canceling this entire season? Because yeah. if this goes into August, they might just say, we got to cancel it. The, the season's over because there's no way we can salvage this season on top of, you know, try to start on time or somewhat on time for next season. And we might just have to forego this season. And that would be devastating for guys like you who are Laker fans who, <laughs> who was, who've had a great season. For, and, good and for you probably. <laughs> oh, I would love it. I mean, it wouldn't, it, I wouldn't mind. Uh, but again, I, I of course want to see playoff basketball. Right, right, right. But uh, as far as just my own selfish personal reasons in the bulls regard, uh, the sooner the better to get rid of this season and start on the new season is, um, better for us, but as far as just an NBA fan in general, it'd be it'd be her- terrible. I mean, you you lose out on great matchups, things that we've been looking forward to. You and I have talked the last two episodes about Clips Lakers and breaking down all the playoff matchups and ramifications, and we wouldn't get that. And I do think you. I know you said, and we were talking back and forth that you cannot see it being possible them to cancel the season. But I think there's a legitimate case that. Um, the season could very well be canceled, which would be have ripple effects across the entire league. Yeah. And I was, I was kind of wondering about this too. I don't know if I've heard anybody come up with this idea, but is there any, and I don't know, kind of rhetorical, or if you have a, if you have a response, jump in, but is there any way that they might abbreviate next season in order to kind of get this full season? Maybe they start next season later. Do you think that's a possibility at all? I think it is, but I think, what this comes down to is money. I think yeah. they're going to go with the best situation that saves them the most amount of money. Um, Cause let's say, I mean, I'm no expert. I don't know. Yeah, what we're not going to try to educate the people on that. N- no, right? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't know. I mean, you got to, from the owner's perspective, they're probably going to be looking at it. You know, if we were to sacrifice games for next season and play this out, but let's say playoff games are in empty arenas. They're going to lose a lot of money on this season on top of if you cut next season short, they're going to lose money on that season as well. And the owners, I'm sure that's going to be the number one issue for them is what, what can they salvage financially? Yeah. I think uh, it's just nice to, you know, being a fan of the NBA during a time like this, it's, it's nice to know that you kind of got Adam Silver in your corner as, as your commissioner. 
Um, obviously, we know all the great things he's done. I mean, going back to the Donald Sterling situation, uh, the situation in Charlotte, uh, the China ordeal. Uh, you know, whether or not you agree with Adam Silver, you know, when a, when a pressing issue arises or not, you know, that that's that's up to you. But he usually is able to kind of back up what he does. Um, from everything I've been reading, he's encouraging owners and executives to be, you know, come up with experimental ideas. And one thing I've read about, because there's been a lot of talk made about the games being played um, in empty arenas, apparently they're looking into, they're scouting some other you know, opportunities, maybe playing in practice facilities um, and doing some, some cool things with, with some cameras where, where the game kind of feels a little bit more up close and personal, where, you know, you don't have the, the empty backdrop of a 18,000, 20,000 seat stadium. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I try. almost be like a rec league, yeah, <laughs> a rec exactly. league game televised. Like, well, like the NBA summer league. I don't know when they played those games at the, uh, the magic's, uh, um, practice facility. I, yeah. I don't know if they still do it. They've done it in the last couple of years, but I just trust. I just think there's too much equity into this season. Had this happen with you know maybe if we're 30 or 40 games in the season prior to the All Star break, I think they seriously look at shutting it down. But I mean, how, how do you? I mean, I'm just thinking of a guy like LeBron. I mean, me selfishly as a Laker fan, you know, at his old age, you know, trying to get one more title. I mean, can you imagine if this season was just canceled on him? And it's not just him, but other older players who are, you know, at the tail end of their career with opportunity yeah. to win one more ring. And it just, it just doesn't seem to me like we will forego this season entirely and not have the playoffs. It's hard. It's hard because we, we didn't think the season would be postponed at all. You know, when obviously this disease first came out and the pandemic started. All the listeners are original predictions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You said it was going to last about 10 days. I said about two weeks and boy, were we absolutely way off, uh, way off base with that one. But uh, just looking at it, I think one is the financial impact and two, I think it is, well, first, the priority besides the financial impact is the health of the players. You can't do any games if this thing is still affecting people. Um, because if one member of oh, one, one guy good. gets it on a let's say let's say he gets it on a playoff team and right. and he gets it in July, yeah. you can't have the playoffs at all because then what do you do? You eliminate that playoff team and they can't play because one of their players has it. Let's say, I mean, let's just just say extreme measures. LeBron James gets it later on in July, and you're going to tell the Lakers' entire team they're out of the playoffs now because they have it. I mean, I think that's what the ramifications are with this pandemic is because you're just so afraid that this thing can continue on. And we've heard the peak is still yet to come, the worst is still yet to come, and they're looking at this thing going into July, August. Um, and like you said, I think there's ideas and I think Adam Silver is trying to pretty much plug in any sort of options, experiment with many ideas. And I do think what you suggested, I haven't heard it, um, but I like it. I like the fact of maybe they just host all the playoff games from one arena right. in like, let's say Vegas or something where they do the summer league or at a practice facility and just kind of keep each team quarantined until they're ready to start the games. It, it sounds like a long shot. It'd be extremely difficult. And the logistics would be a nightmare for just how do you conduct this type of a atmosphere right. for the playoffs. But again, 
I'm sure these are scenarios that are going through Adam Silver's head and the owner's heads because there's still revenue. There's still television revenue to be had. I mean, as we know with the playoffs, everyone starts watching the playoffs and there's so much money to be had at that point. Right. It's like you said, I, I would give it a 20% chance that the league is completely canceled, but again, I'm not ruling it out at all. Right. I mean, merchandising and sponsorships and, all this different stuff where the, where the league ge- generates the revenue TV deals. Um, I'm just wondering though, is it just the 16 playoff teams? You know, if are those the only teams and players that kind of want this thing to go on? I mean, if you're eliminated and you're, let's say Trey young, I mean, are you, maybe he's at peace with this kind of being a full season. And if this thing, if we sit out for two more months, I mean, I can't imagine teams that are completely out of it like Julius Randle on the Knicks like how much does he care he's probably you know halfway one foot out the door yeah Um, well I think the only way they care is um as we heard within uh, NBA PA is the salary and the doomsday provision that they have where if the season gets canceled the players could the owners can enact that and very well just not pay the players for the games that they didn't play and that would have a huge financial impact on the players. Not saying that they would be struggling because they're getting paid millions of dollars. But uh, again, if you hurt someone's bottom line, it's going to be cause for concern all across the league. So I do think guys like Trey Young or Julius Randle, while they may not have much to play for, I do think they're true ballers uh, for the most part. A lot of guys in the league, they're true ballers. They do want to play just for the love of the game. And also financially, they don't want to get their checks just pretty much taken from, from their hands. You know, they don't want 17 games worth of money that they would be missing out on. And that, that I think would be a cause for concern for them. And I do think they'd want to finish the season. Like I said, even though they'd have nothing to play for. Yeah, and I mean, the timeline here is really the big thing. And you and I were speaking the other day. I mean, as a nation, we don't really have a timetable. Uh, so obviously the NBA doesn't have one if the nation doesn't have one. And let's say this season picks back up and, we, you know, they start the regular season and try to play it before the playoffs or they just jump right into the playoffs and one guy gets it. Cause who, who knows? This thing's contagious. We don't know when it comes to an abrupt halt. So that's the thing. If this LeBron thing James, could take if LeBron James tests positive for the for the coronavirus and they're playing with or without or they're playing without fans, let's say, what are you gonna what are you gonna do? Are you gonna suspend a playoff game entirely because he can't play? Or even if it's even if it's not a notable player, even if it's a a bench player, um, you know, if Montreal the fifteenth man, play, yeah, or whatever, the seventh man or the fifteenth man, are you just gonna say that player can't play? We have to move on and just play the play the cards as you have them i mean there's just so many <laughs> different ramifications here right exactly so. i mean look at the jazz scenario with right. rudy gobert and donovan mitchell those are their two best players on that team and let's say they were you know this happened in july you telling me you're gonna have donovan mitchell and rudy gobert in isolation and you're still gonna have the jazz play as the four seed against the rockets as the fifth seed without their two best players that just seems incredibly um unfair you know, for, for Utah and, and for the Jazz, for what they already accomplished during the regular season and to take away their two best players. I think there's these are all questions that obviously are weighing over our heads for us, but those are questions that the commissioner and Adam Silver have to deal with, with no commissioner ever in NBA history has had to deal with before. 
Yeah, I mean, God, in a perfect world, you just kind of send the whole NBA to like another planet and they're just quarantined and they could just play basketball and we could watch them. But that's just, that's just unrealistic. It's never going to happen. There's just, time's going to have to tell. We're just going to have to keep waiting. And I'm impatient. I'm sure you are too, but. I'm hoping for this timeline though, Adam. I'm, I, Bobby Marks, who is a great, well-known NBA reporter. Yeah. I'm hoping for this type of a timeline, best case scenario, where uh, he kind of mapped out of what could possibly happen if kind of things hold over and things get better and there's a vaccine and, you know, it starts to become way less and less and less contagious. Um, with where we're at, the CDC recommended a 50 or eight week um, kind of quarantine for everyone. Um, he's hoping for by mid-June to start the NBA playoffs. So you're looking at mid-June, you start the NBA playoffs, you have the NBA finals in early August. The NBA draft takes place at the end of August. You start free agency after the draft early, the first week of September. Then you hold the summer and fall league in like September 10th ish. And then you kind of give players a break and then you open up training camp December 10th. And then the regular season opens up on Christmas day um, with all 82 games. And then we finish the 82 games uh, from the Christmas day uh, and, and ends next year with NBA finals at mid June. I think that would be best case scenario for all parties involved. If that is able to happen. Yeah. And I know what, what do you think about that timeline? I know another big extension of this thing too is, um, is the incoming players that are going to enter the draft. I, I'm not as much worried about that because they're not NBA They're not part of the NBA yet. So for me, I know there's a lot of draft, you know, there's the draft process and the combine and, you know, you got that, the early entry eligibility deadline. I think all of that can be worked out. I think the focus right now has to be on the game itself and the players that are here and the teams that we have right now. I just think to, to make a decision based on the draft, I think that's probably going to be uh, towards the bottom of the, or down the bottom of the line for the NBA. I don't, I don't think they really care all that much about that. Um, as far as the, the Marks timeline. So if, if they're going to start the season, if they're going to start next season on Christmas day and they're going to play an 82 game season, the season, the 2021 season would that be is that next year we're in the 2020 yeah right? it would be the 2020 so the 2020 uh, 2021 season yeah, the yeah. 2021 season would run late too um so I, I think i i think it might not be a bad idea to have an abbreviated next season but what do we if this thing takes four months or players going to not play it and be on a hiatus for four months and then just come back and play basketball it's going to be so odd exactly i like that these are the situations that we got to deal with. Like imagine the playoff teams and let's say they get, they don't get a training camp and they're out of action. And again, during this quarantine, it's not like teams are able to practice and, you know, still keep it fresh and, you know, be in the gym as a, as a unit and get the chemistry together. You know, you got teams like the Clippers and the Lakers who just added Deion Waiters, Joakim Noah. It's not like they can practice with those guys and, you know, run through sets and just kind of, go through the motions in like kind of a, a a longer training camp where it's almost like a two month training camp for these teams and they can still stay fresh and everything. These, all these players are at home. They're doing individual workouts by themselves. The Warriors told Clay Thompson, Hey, you got to rehab on your own. You can't even come to the facility. We're shutting everything down. Clay Thompson with a torn ACL who's rehabbing right now yeah. has to have like his own personal trainer and doctor come and, you know, 
check out his knee and rehab from his house. So that's how serious things are. It's like teams and chemistry is thrown out the window immediately. And if you're saying, okay, we're not even going to have like one week worth of games, five games for every team to kind of get everything, everyone in order and get the chemistry going for training camp or for the going into the playoffs. If they just throw them straight into the playoffs, like I said, you're going to see a lot of bad basketball. You're going to see teams beat other teams that probably if they had finished the regular season and were on a chemistry run, they wouldn't have lost that type of series. You're just going to see a lot of wacky things. You're going to see a lot of injuries because guys aren't really in shape and haven't been in NBA ready type games. So you're going to see injuries throughout the playoffs. You could see a lot more injuries to star players. I mean, look at when we had the lockout and that was for the collective bargaining agreement. Look at how many injuries we saw to high profile guys um, through that shortened season because the training camp wasn't as long as it should have been. Plus, plus you're playing truncated uh, schedule of games where you had three games in four nights and, and things like that it threw everyone off and you saw so many injuries to guys. And I think you see something similar if, you know, in situation like this. But another, another extension to the, you're speaking on injuries there. Another extension to that is what about a guy like Ben Simmons? You know what I mean? This is buying, this is buying him time right now, believe it or not in a good way, probably if the season resumes, because he's got a chance to come back healthy. Um, Giannis too. Giannis was hurt. Yeah, a little bit of a knee sprain. I mean, this has given guys that have been injured or guys that, you know, have gotten beat up and had nicks throughout the season to kind of sit back and, and rest up a little bit. In, in a way, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, there might be, there probably would be some rust those first, you know, couple of games back and, and however this thing plays out. But I think you could argue too, on the contrary, that guys might be as juiced up as ever. And we might see some of the, you know, one of the best postseasons. That we've, that we've seen in a long time if guys are going to have full endurance. Um, another layer of this, too, is what about teams that are looking to make changes, coaching, coaching changes or changes in their front office? I mean, look at the Bulls. All signs kind of point to this being Jim, Jim Boylan's last go around, right? And, and there's, there's no knowing of when that next season is going to start. So that might abbreviate their coaching search and, and give them less time to go out and and do the due diligence and find another coach. So just the layers of this thing, it's affecting, obviously this is an NBA podcast, right? But I mean, outside of the NBA it is obviously the most important thing right now in the health of everybody, but inside the NBA, I mean, we could talk about the layers of this thing that it's going to impact. And they're saying that teams are, they're estimating like a $2 million. So teams make about $1.9 million in revenue per home game. Um, if the regular season isn't completed, they're estimating a $400 million loss. So <laughs> that's incredible. And that, that hurts the salary cap because the salary caps already been set. Right. And they set the salary cap based on the estimated revenue that they're going to get from the full NBA season and playoffs. So they, uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, they were s- suggesting that the salary cap was going to raise again, right. um, not by much, but it was going to raise something like w- with this happening and all the revenues being shot right now, wh- what does that do to the salary cap? What are the contracts going to be handed out? Are teams and owners in free agency for this upcoming year, are they going to be like, 
we're not going to spend a four year, $70 million deal on, on this guy, or even a superstar that's hitting free agency. It's like, sorry, we're going to, we're not giving you the max because we can't afford it right now because of all the money that we lost from this past season. Like you said, it's just layer after layer, after layer, after layer. Right. And I think a really cool thing too, that, that we haven't touched on that we wanted to talk about is just the players across the league stepping up. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure you agree. I mean, the NBA community and the superstars in this league, um, the, the way that they interact with fans and the way that they care about their communities, um, I really think it's unlike any other sport out there. Uh, I mean, you see guys like Kevin Love, I think, was the first guy to step up because obviously the, the, the employees that work at these NBA arenas are impacted by this. Uh, you saw Kevin Love step up initially and donate 100 grand. Uh, to the employee, um, the employees at the arena, Giannis followed. Blake Griffin, Rudy Gobert donated five hundred thousand um, dollars. Carl Anthony Towns, Zion. I mean, it's just so cool to kind of see all these players. And there's some teams that have stepped up: the the Mavericks and the Warriors, uh, the Atlanta Hawks and the Cavs. I just kind of think it speaks speaks volumes about just kind of how tight knit the NBA community is. No, one thousand percent. I mean, it's it's kind of and it it gets to to see guys like Kevin Love and Zion, who's on a rookie deal. And I know he's not hurting for money because he's got all the endorsements in the world. But again, I mean, for to see him, he's nineteen years old. He does not have to do this. He he doesn't have to step up and be the face. But I think this kind of shows you the character of him and why he was the number one pick and why people think he's going to be a global superstar if he isn't already, because it just shows the maturity and the leadership he's already taken at just 19 years old to step up, be the face of the franchise and be like, I'm going to take care of our employees and I'm going to make sure everyone's good. All the part-time workers that stuff like that, and stuff what Kevin Love is doing, this really kind of ingrains you into the franchise. This really cements your place of what fans will appreciate, you know, once the season does resume and and regardless if you're traded or or not, they're going to remember that. They're going to remember because this is bigger than basketball. This is what these players are showing and they're giving back to people that need it the most. And it's, it's awesome to see. And like you said, it shows why the NBA community is as close as it is. Yeah. And let's, I wanted to talk about Rudy Gobert too. And obviously he was the quote unquote, I guess, culprit for this thing. I mean, who knows who, who may have, we don't know if he was the first guy. I mean, there may have been other players that, that were, uh, that were, t- that were positive um, that just hadn't been tested yet. So, I mean, obviously that remains to be seen. But he made the joke at the end of a press conference a few, maybe a day or two prior to learning that he tested positive. Um, he started touching the microphones uh, at the podium as he walked out when he was asked about the situation, trying to make light of it. You feel bad for Gobert? I mean, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. If you never test positive and somebody else tests positive, and, Maybe this thing unfolds a little bit differently, but I, I honestly kind of feel a little bit bad for him, just kind of the, the backlash that he's received. How about, how about you? Yeah, 1,000%. I mean, granted, it was an inc- incredibly stupid move. It was yeah. idiotic, right. um, and he's paying the price for it. Um, but and I, and I understand why teammates like, like Donovan Mitchell are upset with him because, as Wojnowski reported, you know, the Jazz are not too keen on Rudy Gobert right now. They are extremely upset with him um, because 
you know, and this was going to happen regardless. The season was going to get postponed if it, if Colbert even didn't get it, it was going to happen. Um, but I think just the fact that it affects their personal lives and it, it affected their health, you know, that's where the kind of the anger and resentment come in. If you're talking in the point of view from guys like Donovan Mitchell, but as far as him, you know, you have idiot people saying, Oh, he stopped the NBA season. He's the reason why it's like, no, this thing was going to be postponed. If it wasn't, if he didn't get it, someone else was going to get it. If no one got it in the league, it was still going to be stopped and postponed. Um, So yes, it was an idiot move, but again, don't act like he was the only one that thought this thing wasn't that serious. I mean, you and I, we, we didn't take it to that type of measure, but when this thing was just breaking out, I didn't think, this was going to be as serious of an issue. I was like, Oh, it's another, you know, swine flu. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. Like something people are going to find a vaccine. They'll take care of it. And we'll just resume our daily lives. I mean, no one saw the extent of what we're seeing around the world right now happening. Um, when you and, this I, you and I was, were pretty optimistic with this, with our, yeah. Talk about our initial predictions. I was saying when the season was first postponed, I was saying 10 days, you were saying 14 days and, and you and I have talked a little bit too. Um, I think we both really started to kind of take it a little more seriously when the NBA started banning media members in the locker room. But even then, I mean, who could have foreseen the NBA suspending their season? Yep. I remember Brian Windhorse, he, I think it was like four days before the league was officially postponed, but he was on, uh, I want to see his first take. And he was talking about how I can very well see the league suspending the season. And I remember when he said it, I thought it was kind of like a joke. I'm like, there's no way they're suspending the NBA season. They're right. this, they're two weeks, two, three weeks out from the playoffs starting. They're going to get on. They're going to take the necessary precautions. They're doing it with the media they're going to be playing games like things are going to be happening. I think for me, when it became serious was when Brooklyn and yeah. the Warriors said that they were going to play in an NBA Which was weird because they said that they were going to play a game with no fans. And then about, I don't know, within like a three, four hour window, the Chase Center came out and said that they're not going to play. So what all happened was uh, the city of San Francisco banned events of 1,000 people or more. So the Warriors were supposed to play the Nets on March 12th. And uh, the Chase Center released a statement, or the Warriors released a statement, I'm not sure which one it was, I can't remember, that they were going to play the game without fans. And then a couple hours later, I don't know if the decision ended up ultimately coming from the league, uh, the city, or the Chase Center itself, that they weren't going to play the game. But yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like When they announced they were going to play a game initially without fans, we were all kind of like, whoa like we all kind of wanted to see it though right yeah i was i was looking forward to it and, and let, let me be honest it's been hard to watch warrior games but i was gonna watch that warrior game um just to see the what it is like to watch an nba game in an empty arena with eighteen thousand people twenty thousand people but getting back to the gobert donovan mitchell the dynamic of that team just specifically talking about what happened and as we've seen the resentment of the team against Rudy Gobert, how does this affect them? They're a playoff contender, a dark horse, maybe championship contender. You're talking about your two most high profiled guys in Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, not being on the same page and really having, and Donovan Mitchell has every right to be upset with Rudy Gobert as does the rest of the jazz team. But 
it's not like Gobert is some, you know, rinky-dink guy off the bench that doesn't contribute at all. Right. He's the defensive player of the year. He's a guy that's a huge part of what the Jazz do. How does that affect them? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think the culture in Utah, obviously up until this point, has been very solid since Quinn Snyder kind of took over there. Um, I, I honestly don't think it's going to impact anything too much. I, I, there's, there's a lot of rumors out there going around. Who really knows what's happening behind the scenes? But I just think you got some veteran leaders in that clubhouse. Uh, you talk about a guy like Mike Conley. And I think he's a guy that can kind of keep the fabric of that team together. Um, Rudy has released a video apologizing, owning up to this. I'm sure he's going to apologize to his teammates in the locker room like we've seen many players do before in, in various situations. Um, but I just think that the, uh, the foundation in Utah and, and some of the other leaders in that clubhouse – won't let this turn into a thing, but who knows? What do, what do I know? Maybe Donovan Mitchell really is resenting the fact that Rudy Gobert was joking around. I mean, Woj tweeted it. When Woj sent out that tweet about Donovan Mitchell testing positive yep. uh, for coronavirus, and the, he had one or two senses at the, end of that at the end of that initial tweet when he said it was something to the likes of players in the, in the Utah Jazz locker room were not um, – we're not, we're not happy with Gobert. We're not They're, happy with Gobert, yeah, basically. So. And that's putting it very kindly. And I think – and Woj never really gossips. He never yeah. <laughs> really reports on right? things like that. You know, he's simply a transaction type of reporter. Exactly. So, you know, for him to report that, Woj is the most credible NBA reporter that we have. And for him to say something like that, that shows you that it is a much bigger – and the the, the resentment – to Gobert is a lot bigger than what we thought because there was we were seeing all the jokes on Twitter and everything. Gobert stopped the season. Oh man, the Jazz players got to be pissed at him. And, and when I was seeing that, I was like, oh, you know what? This is going around. They can't really. But when I saw the Woj treat, I'm like, wow, this yeah. can really affect their season. So Gobert's gonna have to open up the checkbook. He's gonna have to buy some rollies for the guys. Yeah. He's gonna really have to go on um, apology tour to every single one of those players and. Uh, I think he's going to take some uh, nicer gifts than like a typical wallet or something. Like you're going to have to, you're going to have to bring the bank a little bit, <laughs> Gobert, because you kind of had a big mess up. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think we pretty much tackled mostly everything or, you know, what we, what we think we need to hear. We can probably talk about this for days. Just a few more things. I think it's been pretty cool to see um, a lot of the players that are, you know, playing online games. I know Lucas started taking up online video gaming. Trey Young's been playing. Um, we know Gordon Hayward is a master at it. <laughs> yeah, Myers Leonard, I think I saw a video where he claimed that he was the best uh, video game player and to take it to the bank, basically. And then Vince Carter. That was one last thing I wanted to talk about. So, obviously, Vince Carter, we all, we all know how long he's been playing. Um, this is, he announced earlier this year, it's going to be his last campaign. Um, he hit a three-point shot with about 17 seconds left in his final game before the season was suspended. That may be a very odd last game for him. Yeah, it's, I feel that's the type of stuff that makes you feel just so terrible, you know, because you in that in that situation, you don't you're not thinking this is your last game ever that you're going to play. Right. And it takes me back not only to Vince Carter, but, you know, teams in the March Madness tournament where they were trying to like, hey, if we win this conference tournament, all those seniors are like, we got a shot to get into the dance. You know, right. maybe there's 
I'm sure there was plenty of players that have never played in the NCAA tournament and were looking forward to the situations like that or, or seniors or players that were looking to get recognized in the tournament that probably wouldn't be drafted right. before then that would have been after that. So I feel for guys like Vince Carter, who's contributed so much to the league, has, had, uh, has been everything you want when you have an NBA player on your team. You know, he didn't have to resign and stay with the Hawks. He could have pulled the Iguodala and cried like a baby to, you know, get, get out of a situation, you know, where, with the Hawks and force his way onto the Lakers or, you know, a playoff contender in Milwaukee or something. But he didn't do that. He accepted his, you know, deal. He wanted to stay with the Hawks and teach the young guys and pass on that knowledge. And that just shows you the type of stand-up guy he was and what a career he had, even though he wasn't able to get a title it was it's that's the type of stuff that really makes you disappointed and depressed that the this season could end um in that fashion where we never see Vince Carter play again we don't see a lot of guys get opportunities to get to the league because their tournaments were canceled or were unable to get recognized it's just the ramifications to this are massive and Adam, if you have to put your money down, where do you think what, – what happens? What is your prediction? Yeah, for, I just wanted to piggyback on one thing you said, too. I wasn't even thinking about that. Guys that go on runs in March Madness and, and yeah. really raise their draft stock from sometimes not even being drafted to being drafted or from being a, a, a top – you know, or being a, in that 20 to 30 range going into the you know, top 10 range and making themselves – players make themselves money in the tournament. Players – play themselves into money. I mean, we've seen this happen a lot of times when guys go on runs and, and lead their teams, um, you know, guys that have low seeds and aren't supposed to do anything and they lead their teams to an elite eight or a, a final four and, and really pick up some cash for themselves along the way. Um, but my prediction is that we're going to, I, I'm not going to give a date. I'm just going to give what I think will happen kind of with all things considered. I think we're going to, I think the regular season is going to just, not happen so they're just going to cancel the regular season and the teams that are in the playoff spots right now will be in the playoffs and they'll just play a regular playoff schedule what about you i'll give a date i think july 1st is when we see the first um maybe not that exact date but we'll see games after july 1st yeah Yeah. but i think i think i think owners in the league will give teams like you said i think they'll cancel the regular season I think they will give players uh, and teams like one week of almost like a mini training camp for all yeah, playoff teams to get, to, to get ready and get back into the groove. And then I think we start playoff games um, in July. And I think I'll go even further and say we see playoff games in empty arenas or uh, uh, just a training facility. I don't think we see games the rest of this year with a whole arena. So playoff games, no fans, you think? No fans, yep. Playoff games, no fans, post-July. It's going to be so weird because I know a lot of players feed off the fans for that adrenaline, and obviously in the playoffs it gets ratcheted up. But Imagine people in L.A. that were like, hey, we're going to see Clips Lakers and the Staples, you know, seven games, and it's going to be in an empty arena and possibly a training facility in Vegas or some some shit like that. It's it's wild. Yeah, well, hopefully hopefully things start to turn in our favor here. we appreciate you guys listening uh, to us today. We'll probably be back sometime next week, maybe with some better news, hopefully with some better news. Uh, follow myself on Twitter at NBA House and follow Miguel at the underscore M Flores. 
Uh, we thank you guys again, and we'll check in soon.